Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, Imperfections, written by Ack1308. Fred sighed. They still weren't getting it. No, I don't cause machinery to catastrophically malfunction. That's noticeable. What I do is change minor aspects. Stuff that you would never pick up a normal run of things. Like, um, a slow leak in the car tire valve that makes you late for work in a week. He absently tugged on the t-shirt that he was wearing that showed a sniggering little domestic creature at the setting an alarm clock forward. That, a domino mask, and a pair of black jeans comprised of his costume to this point. I caused tiny imperfections, and in time they add up to big things. The gadgeteer rubbed his chin. Hmm. So, uh, when you exert your power, do the imperfections resist repair? For instance, if you made Professor Perfetti's false shields less than totally reliable, would he be able to mend it? Or would it remain problematic forever after, no matter what he did? Oh, it's totally fixable, depending on what it is, Red said at once. If he took out the part that made it unreliable and replaced it, the full shield would work fine. Hmm, the solar paladin rubbed his chin thoughtfully. He floated a few inches off the ground, as was his habit. The sun was emblazoned on his chest, glowing with its own light. As far as Red was aware, the floating and the glowing things wasn't a matter of showing off. It was the man didn't exert power somehow, the solar energy he absorbed every second of the day, even at night, just keep making him stronger. Tell me, can you convince your power that something is an imperfection when it is really improving it, such as making Dark Avengers costume bulletproof, while masking it as making the sleeves and legs less flexible? Fred shook his head. No, it doesn't work that way. It has to specifically inconvenience the person that it affects the most. Every time I've tried something like that, it's done it in a way that screwed me and the other guy over. So what use are you? Asked the toy wonder, stepping up alongside his mentor, the gadgeteer. You can only make things go wrong for tiny ways. It's not like you've got anything to bring to the team. As rude as my young lady is, I'm afraid that I must agree with her. Solar Paladin looked around and the other members of League. What say you, friends? The gadgeteer nodded briefly. If he cannot aid me in battle against Professor Perfidy, then my vote is no as well. Dark Avenger, the black-clad woman, silent as night, which she preferred to frequent, stepped closer to Fred, eye to eye as they stared at one another. Then she shook her head and turned away. Oh, come on, Fred protested, even as he realized it would do no good. It's a legitimate power. Was it the costume? I can fix the costume. Base it, dude, Toy Wonder snarked. Your powers suck so hard if you became a supervillain, crime would go down. Now that's not a nice thing to say, the gadgeteer said, but his tone was mild and there was a grin on his face under the HUD visor. Sorry, Gremlin, best of luck. 
Red turned and headed for the teleporter that would transmit him back to Earth from orbiting space station that served as the base of the League. Externally, he was calm. Internally, he was seething. Those jerks hadn't even given him a chance to show off what he could do. Everyone knew the federal government subsidized the League, giving each of those so-called heroes a seven-figure annual salary. He would have been happy with a tenth of that, just so that he could help pay his mother's medical bills. Maybe with a little left over to put his kid sister through college. But no, they couldn't even be human enough to do that. Freck it, he told himself as he was transmitted back to Earth. Toy Blunder says that I should become a villain. I might as well just do that. I'll damn sure get more respect that way. Four months later. So why exactly are we all attending this alarm again? Fry, easily alongside his teammate, the solar paladin turned to his side so that he addressed the gadgeteer more easily. Surely any one of us can handle it. Normally, I would say yes. The tech hero replied, angling his flying power suit to swoop around a building. Not because he had to, but because it made great PR pictures. But this one villain has cleaned out six banks in the last six weeks, using the same MO each time. He's the headliner. It's just one of us takes him down. It'll make him look like nothing much. But if you all come together and capture him, he looks more dangerous and we look more heroic. Ah. Complained Toy Wonder, doing a lazy barrel rolls in her own suit. I wanted to take him in myself. Pretty sure it's the dork who showed up with a screen-printed t-shirt that one time. Same name, anyways. Down below, the motorcycle roared along, following their path. It was completely black, with a logo, D.A., and the red on the either side. Be careful, warned the Dark Avenger over the radio link. There is more to this than one than he seems. You say that every single time, the solar paladin retorted, rolling his eyes. You can take the brooding creature of the night shtick a little too far sometimes, you know. They converged on the front steps of the Metroburg Municipal First Bank, as just as the costume figure emerged pushing a dolly, upon which were stacked several satchels. He had another slung over his shoulder. One of the satchels was slightly open, showing stacks of money. As the heroes gathered together, he stopped letting the dolly stand upright by itself. The top satchel, unbalanced by the movement, fell and went to a couple steps down. My god, you're right, exclaimed the gadgeteer. Gremlin, is that you? Did you seriously think that you could become a villain and not fall afoul of us? Doesn't matter now, declared Toy Wonder gleefully. Activating her flight systems, she swooped down towards the errant bag of money and grabbed the strap. Yoink! That's when it went wrong. As she angled around her return to her comrades, the money bag held high in triumph. The satchel strap gave way, opening the bag completely. An instant later, a half-dozen dive bombs inside the satchel went off, covering her in a thick, blue, sticky liquid. Ah! She yelled as a moment later the dye got into her air intakes of her jet boots and they flamed out. Hitting the pavement, she rolled over and over until she ended up on the groaning blue heap up against the dumpster. I was gonna say, watch out, the gremlin called out. Those dive bombs can be tricky, especially if they've got problematic triggers. Well, that was uncommonly clever of you, wasn't it? The gadgeteer cracked his knuckles, or at least mimed doing so, as he stepped forward. Don't think I'll be taking the bait with your other bags of money. I'm just going to... Whoa! 
Gremlin, the solar paladin, and the dark adventure, and a dozen or so bystanders watched with varying degrees of fascinated interest as every single device on the gadgeteer had built into his suit went off, one after the other. Flares shot out of his wrists, one jet boot flared to life, causing him to fly in a semicircle. Blinking lights started, then stopped, and then the whole thing became engulfed in a huge spherical balloon. As the balloon, with Gadgeteer inside, began to roll gently off down the street, Gremlin scratched his head. You'd think he would have thought twice about making threats while wearing a whole suit made of hair triggers, wouldn't you? He mused out loud. I won't make that mistake, hissed the Dark Avenger. As the Solar Paladin began to step forward, the black-clad woman put an arm across his chest. He is mine! Gremlin raised an eyebrow. Dibs now, huh? Okay then, give it your best shot. Don't worry, I intend to. Drawing a curve, throwing implements, inscribed with a trademark DA from her belt, the Dark Avenger hefted them into her hands. No circuitry for you to fall up here, she said, hurling them with a deadly accuracy at the gremlin, whom they promptly missed, whiffing out in the left and right by a dazzling display of not much at all. Hmm, he mused, seems that some imperfections might have crept into the manufacturing process there. Oh, forget it. She leapt up the steps, only to be brought to a sudden halt when her cape caught in a nick in the concrete, jamming fast. Only by the most agile of backflips casting off the cake as she did so did she prevent herself from performing a humiliating pratfall on the steps. When she looked up at the gremlin, who was holding three fingers up, then two, then one, she furrowed her brow, trying to determine what his plan was. Look out! shouted the solar paladin. Far too late, as both Avengerangs beamed her from behind, sending her stumping up the steps. Oops! observed Gremlin, raising an eyebrow behind his mask. That's gonna leave a mark. From the number of photos being taken by the bystanders, they agreed not all bruises were physical, after all. The solar paladin, most powerful man in the world, turned back to the two-bit villain who had single-handedly defeated the entire team without moving a muscle. Well done, he said, clapping his hands gently. But you're going to have to put up your game against me. After all, simple dive bombs and knocks to the head are not going to cut it against a man who is bulletproof and can see through most common materials. Gremlin shook his head. They were the hard ones. I had to engineer the defeats. Yours comes ready-made. Solar Paladin shook his head in puzzlement and then shook it again, as if to ward up dizziness. What, uh, what did you do to me? He slurred, sounding drunk. His feet were now three feet off the pavement and rising. Solar energy gives you power, explained Gremlin patiently, but too much makes you drunk and far too much sends your power into high gear, including flight. Your costume regulates your intake of solar energy. It was just a tiny alteration, a minor imperfection, to change the texture so that it makes you absorb more. You bastard! But the hero's voice was already dopplering into the distance as he flew wildly and aimlessly into the sky, glowing brighter and brighter all the time. Gremlin sighed as he started down the steps again with a waiting car, the bystander stepping back to let him pass. How did you defeat them? called out one brave man. Gremlin paused, inloading the satchels onto the back seat. They were too sure of themselves, he said after a moment of thought, and as such, their tactics were, uh, imperfect. Climbing into the driver's seat, he started the car and drove away. End of story. 
Story number two. They shall inherit the earth. Written by Tao Banshee. There have been many to come to me and try and learn my secrets. The Galatians, with their immense strength, thought themselves worthy of my secrets. They were wrong. They were slow, clumsy beasts with no regard for collateral damage wrought by their battles. The Ukumans, were their great speed, thought themselves worthy of my secret. They were wrong. They were paranoid, agitated, and always in a hurry. The Randoians were the infinite patients, thought themselves worthy of my secrets. They were wrong. They were a slothful race, one that would take so long to decide on anything that the problem would either have dispelled or grown out of control. Oh, boy. And then there were the winged Jehoranelians. They thought, with their flight and agility, that they were worthy. They weren't. Heck, they were the worst of them all. They were slow, agitated, indecisive, and worst of all, they were the haughtiest. But then, then was the one being that came to be, not because it thought it was worthy, but because it thought it wasn't. It identified itself as a halfling from a race called human, and identified itself as John Smith, male. When I asked him why I should reveal to him my secrets, what his race had that the others did not, he replied, Nothing. We're not the strongest, or the fastest, or the most patient race. In fact, we're not even in the top ten in pretty much any physical or mental category we can find. Not only that, but I myself am not even at a peak of my species. I came not to prove myself worthy of your secrets, but rather to ask you to train me in your ways, despite being unremarkable. Oh, how I was surprised. Someone coming here to my sanctum in the largest void in three galaxies just to ask me to reveal my secrets in spite of being unqualified. The thought of it brought one emotion to my mind. Happiness. Just the type of race I'd been waiting for a millennia to come. A race with a trait never seen outside of my own species. A race with humility. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.